Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. With the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen. You'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern bringing you the 341st edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Featuring strange and fantastic stories. Some that are legends, others mere hearsay, but also interesting. We'd like to pass them along to you. Our guest tonight is the famous orchestra leader, Guy Lombardo. But before we bring you Guy Lombardo in person, let's begin with... Real one. Snapshot of a sharpshooter. He's Joe Lapchick, St. John's famous basketball coach. Joe Lapchick is a genius at spotting championship material. So naturally, he heads for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, the shave cream of champions. For Joe Lapchick says... Colgate Brushless is the first brushless cream I ever tried that seemed made for my combination of tough beard and tender skin. Colgate Brushless has speeded up my shaving routine. Thanks for getting me on your Colgate Brushless shaving team. Signed, Joe Lapchick. Thanks, Joe. Colgate Brushless is the light, fluffy shave cream made especially for men with wiry whiskers and tender skin. It doesn't dry out. It stays moist and active. Softens your beard. Let your razor shave smooth and clean without a snag or a pull. And at the finish, since Colgate Brushless is light and fluffy and not greasy or heavy, it rinses off fast. Look, man, here's my offer. Try Colgate Brushless shave cream. And if you don't agree, just send the top of the carton to me. Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey... And I'll see that you get double your money back. Now, take me up on that. Get a tube or jar of Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions tonight. It's light and it's right. Real two. Profile of history. This is a sports story that changed the course of history. This story begins more than 100 years ago. It begins when a gentleman named Henry Pierce... Henry Pierce was the heavyweight boxing champion of England. And as the boxing champion of England, Henry Pierce would visit the gloomy English jails. He'd go there to visit and try and cheer up the prisoners by boxing with them. And so one day in 1805, Henry Pierce, the English boxing champion, came to visit the famous old Bristol prison in England. Here, his opponent was a prisoner named John Gully. John Gully was so good a fighter that he held a great English boxing champion to a draw. It was incredible. How could John Gully, a common prisoner in an English jail, hold a British boxing champion to a draw? But it had happened, and it created a sensation in the newspapers. At once, everyone began clamoring for John Gully's release from prison so that he could get out and fight in public. This was extremely difficult because John Gully was in prison on a serious charge. He had been convicted of illegal slave trading. Nevertheless, a British sporting syndicate finally did manage to get John Gully released from prison. And he did go on to become the British boxing champion. After John Gully had become the boxing champion of England, he made a lot of money in his fights. He became one of England's leading sportsmen, and he became a respected citizen. His fame grew so great that John Gully was urged by thousands of his friends to run for Parliament. And by public demand in 1832, John Gully was elected to Parliament as a member of the British House of Commons. And so, that's the story of a man who not only came out of prison to become England's heavyweight boxing champion, but it's the story of a man who went on to become England's highest honor, the House of Parliament. In Parliament, where the laws of England are made... John Gully immediately became interested in abolishing the slave laws, the very laws that had once sent him to prison. And exactly one year later, in 1833, John Gully was able to get a new law passed, a new law that set free all the slaves in the British Empire. 
But John Gully's work in the cause of slavery was only beginning. True, he had abolished slavery in England, but slavery still did exist in the United States. And so, so John Gully came to the United States. Here in America, John Gully, through his love for sports, met an American wrestling champion. John Gully took an immediate liking to this American wrestler, and it was John Gully who persuaded this American wrestler to help him in his fight against slavery. For John Gully had only one ambition, an ambition to live long enough to see slavery abolished in this country, too. When John Gully was 80 years old, that day finally came. For in 1863, the immortal proclamation was issued. The issued freed the slaves in the United States. That night... John Gully sat down and wrote a letter. He sent a letter back to his family in England. A letter which read, Today, today my dream came true. A dream that began many, many years ago. Began when I myself went to prison because of the British slave laws. I had to fight my way out of jail by becoming the British boxing champion. But I vowed then, so help me, that if I ever did get out... I'd abolish the evils of slavery everywhere. And thanks to my being elected to Parliament, slavery was abolished. It was abolished for all time in the British Empire. But over here in America where I've been living, I've been living only for the day when they would free the slaves. Well, America did that today. My work is now finished. I have nothing more to live for. And that letter was signed... John Gully. Twelve hours later, John Gully was dead. But that's not the end of the story. You remember when John Gully came to this country, he met an American wrestler, and he encouraged that wrestler to go into politics on the slavery question? Well, it's a good thing that John Gully did encourage that wrestler to go into politics on that slavery question. For if John Gully hadn't, that wrestler might never have become the President of the United States. For you see, that wrestler's name was... Abraham Lincoln. Portrait of a legend. Real three, Arthur Gary. Are you a lather shaver? Well, you're in good company. Some of the country's foremost sports stars use the lather shave cream of champions, Colgate Rapid Shave Cream. Sid Luckman, star quarterback of the Chicago Bears, the famous pro football team, is one. He wrote Bill Stern, I just want to tell you that Colgate Rapid Shave Cream sold me on its own merits. Talk about wiry whiskers. Brother, I don't believe any guy has a tougher beard than I have. But Colgate Rapid Shave Cream makes my whiskers so soft, it's a pipe to shear them off. And you're right, Bill, about the comfortable, nice, smooth, easy finish. So it's me for Colgate Rapid Shave Cream. And long may it flourish. Kind regards, Sid Luckman. Men, let me add that you can chalk up the fine performance of Colgate Rapid Shave Cream to its amazing soaking power. The fine, close, small bubble lather takes the fight out of balky whiskers. That's why two out of three barbers use Colgate lather on their customers. So, follow the champs, follow the barbers. Get Colgate Rapid Shave Cream, the lather shave cream of champions tonight. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real four, profile of a tradition. Today is Friday the 13th. This is a story that began on another Friday the 13th. For on Friday the 13th of 1915, they rode a famous crew race, the Poughkeepsie Regatta. The Regatta, which is annually the World Series of Crew Racing. But, but let me begin the story in its beginning. 
Many years ago, the mightiest crew at the Poughkeepsie Regatta, year after year, was generally Cornell, for Cornell had the greatest crew coach of all time, a man named Pop Courtney. But in 1915, Pop Courtney had his first bad crew at Cornell, a crew that didn't win a race all season long. And so, although they were hopelessly outclassed, in June of that year, Pop Courtney loaded his Cornell crew on a train to take them to the famous Poughkeepsie Regatta. And that night, as he lay asleep in an upper berth, the train came to a crashing stop. The sudden jolt threw Pop Courtney out of his berth. He landed violently on his head and his shoulders. It was obvious that he was badly hurt. They rushed him off the train at Poughkeepsie and took him to the nearest hospital. Pop Courtney wanted to leave that hospital immediately and rejoin his Cornell crew. But the doctors forbade old Pop Courtney to get up. And when he tried to get up, they assigned a youngster who worked around that hospital to see that he stayed in bed. But old Pop Courtney refused to stay away from his crew. And the night before the Poughkeepsie regatta, he got that youngster who was supposed to be keeping him in bed, and Pop Courtney talked that youngster into helping him escape. And so, on the morning of the big race, old Pop Courtney faced his crew. What he said that day will never be forgotten, for he told his crew, Look, boys, they tell me you're a rotten crew this year. They say you haven't got a chance today. Maybe. But I tell you, boys, this is the last crew I will ever coach. This is the last Poughkeepsie regatta I shall ever see. And remember, a crew that won't be licked can't be licked. Now get going. Oh, Pop Courtney collapsed after that speech. They put him on a stretcher. And they carried him up on top of the Palisades overlooking the Hudson River so that he could watch the finish of the race. It was raining, raining hard, and lightning flashed through the heavens. The old man just lay on that stretcher, peering through the rain, watching for the crews to come down the river. And then, then they did come into sight. Syracuse was out in front. Navy was in second place. Third was California. Fourth, Pennsylvania. And far back came Cornell. But now, now, Cornell was beginning to make its move. There was only a half more mile to go. The rain came pouring down. Old Pop Courtney watched his so-called weak Cornell crew come out of nowhere. Suddenly they were in fifth place. Then they were in fourth. Then they moved into third. Then they were in the second. Finally, with a terrific burst of speed, the winner was Cornell. upset in rowing history. The rain and the cold had taken their toll. Shortly afterwards, old Pop Courtney died. And on the day he died, a tradition was born. A tradition that whenever it rains and thunders on the day of a Poughkeepsie regatta, that's the spirit of old Pop Courtney. The spirit of old Pop Courtney coming back to whip home another Cornell crew. Well, Cornell won in 1916, and they won again in 1920, and again in 1921, and again in 1930. And on each of these days, when Cornell did win, it rained and it thundered on the Hudson River. That's the tradition. A tradition that has yet to fail. Cornell. That's not the end of that story. 
Remember I said a youngster helped Pop Courtney escape from that hospital to get to his crew? Well, that youngster was so thrilled by the part that he'd played in helping Pop Courtney to escape from the hospital and the way that the Cornell crew had won that race that this youngster vowed that someday he too would win a boat race. And he has. Today, that youngster is the speedboat champion of the United States. You know him as the world-famous... Guy Lombardo, and here he is in person, the speedboat champion of this nation, one of the most famous orchestra leaders in the world, Guy Lombardo. Thank you, Bill. Helping old Pop Courtney escape got me interested in boat racing, and I've never been so. Well, I shouldn't think you would. Last year, you won more national championships than any other driver in the country. Thanks, Bill. And speaking of boats, you know, the New York Boat Show opens here January the 10th. Mm, I'll be on hand, but... Look, Guy, how about your famous orchestra, Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians, now playing at the Roosevelt and packing them in? Oh, Bill, tonight let's skip music and stick to speedboat racing. You know, you told one story tonight of how I got interested in boating. Let me tell you another one. Well, go right ahead, Guy. Well, as a youngster of 16, I can remember seeing a man average 70 miles an hour for 30 miles in a speedboat. And I vowed that someday I'd do that. And who was that man? The greatest driver of them all, Garwood. Strange that he should get you started in speedboat racing because you're the guy that finally broke his record. Well, I understand he's getting a new boat ready to try and break my record next year in the Gold Cup races. You know, they're here August the 10th, right in New York City at Rockaway Beach. And even though Garwood may take my championship away from me, I'd rather lose it back to him than anyone else. For to me, he's the grand old man of racing. God bless him. A beautiful tribute from America's present racing champion to America's past racing champion. Thanks so much. Good luck and good night, Guy Lombardo. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the 3 mark for tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be back same time, same stations, when we'll be broadcasting from New Orleans. We'll be in New Orleans next Friday night getting ready to broadcast the Tulane Southern California football game. And our guest next Friday evening in New Orleans will be the coach of Southern California, Jeff Cravath. So be sure and be with us next Friday evening, same time, same stations, when we present as our guest from New Orleans, USC's head football coach, Jeff Cravath. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the news of the day, newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now until next Friday night at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shaped Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shaped Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports heroes, the inside dope he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. Ladies, right now there's a worldwide shortage of fats to make soap. And that's why the women of America are asked to keep on saving used fats. Keep on selling it to your butcher. Remember, used fats are needed to make soap. So fill it in and turn it in. Guy Lombardo appeared tonight courtesy of the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City. The Bill Stern Show tonight came from New York. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.